When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This week on into the archives with the Boone podcast, uh, a Kansas City chief great Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, bursted onto the scene. He was he, he was a rushing leader in 1989, two-time pro bowler. Really enjoyed my podcast with Christian. So here's this week's Into the Archive, Christian Okoye. Sometimes you just need to enjoy a classic. Join us as we go into the archives. Hey, we going back. And put our ear to the history books with this one. This is Into the Archives. Here's your host, Brett Boone. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian Okoye. Christian, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having me. You got it. You got it. I'm excited about this. Uh, And we'll get into it later. You were born in Nigeria. You lived there for 20 years. 21 years. You didn't move to the States until you were 21. you miss any meal that you would have in Nigeria that you can't get in the States? Every day I miss Nigerian food, man. I miss Nigerian what, what's your, food. What's your favorite? Oh, my. I don't know how to explain it, uh, but I'm sure you've seen um, and the, main, the main dish is like a, a popular one is a jollof rice. You know, everybody eats jollof rice in Nigeria. Uh, jollof rice is like um, kind of like Mexican rice, but it's much better tasting. You know, uh, right. I don't know if you've ever had a Mexican rice, but jollof rice has a lot of spice in it. You know, it can you can make it hot, um, right. mixed with some vegetables, and uh, uh, it's made with tomatoes uh, paste, tomato sauce. Um, it, it's it's awesome. So it's that that's like uh, one of the most popular food that we eat in Africa. And then we have more traditional food that we we eat also. Some uh, vegetable soup, okra soup, a bitter leaf soup, um, um, a goosey soup. You know, um, we we have a bunch of tasty dishes in Nigeria. So, so when you miss that rice, is there anywhere in the states you can get that, or is that just something you, you got to go back home to get it? No, no, no. They have the Nigerian restaurants all over. They have them in LA, Houston, New York, oh, okay. Atlanta. Yeah, they have Nigerian restaurants. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He lived in New York and lives in New York, and he asked me, he says, "Can I get you food?" I said, "Yeah, just Google Nigerian." restaurants in, in New York and you see it and you got it. You, you Googled it and you saw it. You want to not had a meal over there. He texted me back and told me that it was awesome. Yeah, I think if I were to go into a Nigerian restaurant, I think I'd sit down, talk to the boss and say, you order for me. And I want to come out of here saying that was excellent. <laughs> 
That would probably be the smart thing to do, right? No, actually, if you go in there, if you, if you go into any ethnic restaurant, you know, Indian or whatever, Jamaican, right. uh, you can go over there and order anything you want just to try it. You know, right. I'm sure you see something that looks familiar to you right. in there right. Uh, right. that you can make out and just order it and try it. If you don't like it, order something else. You know, but um, Nigerian food is it, everything is is awesome. Very cool. So, as we mentioned, obviously born in Nigeria, born and raised. Uh, what was Christian Okoye like as a little kid? What what would you like to do? What sports? Soccer. Soccer was everything. Still everything in Nigeria. I mean, soccer is the most popular. Uh, sport in Nigeria, uh, it kind of uh, overshadows everything else. Um, I started playing, I can't even remember before I started talking. Um, so I loved soccer growing up. And um, the reason why I, I didn't play because I overgrew it. Uh, so I had to switch into track and field, started running, and then eventually got into field events, throwing the discus and the shot put. And those um, field events are the uh, things that brought me to America. As a kid, when when did you start the track and field? Because, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the hammer, the discus, and the shot put, as you mentioned. When does that yeah. start? When does that when does that start as a kid? Like, when's the first time you're eligible to those type of events? I know when you're five, you know, you can play Little League, or you can play T-ball, or you can play soccer. But I don't think you're throwing a discus at five, or am I wrong? No, no. I started throwing. Uh, we have the, the high school uh, level uh, track and field. That's when I joined, uh, like my my junior year in in high school. We call it right. secondary school right. in Nigeria. So that's when I started the, with the track and field, and um, I, I grew pretty quick. And I was getting size when I started lifting weights. Um, so I, uh, I, I I competed two years in high school and then another two years after high school before I got here. So I had a two-year gap after high school before I came to Azusa Pacific for college. Right. And, yeah, and, I, and, and we'll go in that. You were at Azusa Pacific, and you started off playing track. But what originally brought you to the States? I mean, you grow, you're born, you're raised in Nigeria, and all of a sudden at age 21 – what what were the circumstances leading up to, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm headed to California. Well, a friend of mine was, uh, came to Azusa a year before me. So um, he was like one of my best friends in Nigeria uh, at the time. So when he came, I decided I'm going to come, come out too, knowing that uh, Olympia was going to be in uh, Los Angeles in 1982. So I wanted to come out. Uh, actually, Olympics was in 84. I'm sorry. 82 is when I came out. But um, I decided to come out because of that. Olympics, knowing that I will get better training out here um, in order to uh, fully qualify and be ready for the Olympics, which I was. Trained pretty hard and uh, got big. I got up to 282 pounds weight-wise, and I was doing well, but Nigeria didn't take me, and that brought me to football. 
Yeah, you know, I was doing I was doing my uh, my prep work on you, and I and I read that it said uh, Christian did enough to qualify for the for the Nigerian Olympic team, but but for some reason he wasn't taken. Um, up until twenty one, up until you came out to Azusa, had you ever been out of the country? Uh, no, I never been out oh, of the country wow. at all. Yeah. Wow. So you're going from Nigeria to California. And what's your first impression? Like, because it's got had to be, uh, you know, completely different. Well, first of all, I, um, I had never been on the airplane before. And uh, um, when I was going from my hometown, Enugu, to Lagos to obtain visa, my oldest brother, was a taxi driver and he was going to take me and the ride was like, it's supposed to be about six hour drive, you know, just drive out there and, you know, go to the embassy and interview for the visa. And, um, we, we got into a head on collision on the way. And, uh, <clears throat> my brother's car got damaged pretty bad. So a friend of his, he put, he put me in the front of his uh, vehicle to go back and tell my dad and tell the family about it. But I was so eager to reach Lagos that I went straight to the airport and there was a plane leaving like in the next 20 minutes. I jumped on that plane and went to Lagos. <laughs> got my wow. visa. Got my visa, flew back uh, the following day. And my brother was so mad at me. My, my dad looked at me and said, I knew you went to Lagos. So I wasn't worried. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that was my very first time getting on the airplane is to go and get the visa, you know. And of course, uh, to answer your question, the first time I came to America, um, getting on the plane, plane was huge, you know, those international pl- uh, flights. Right, uh, right. The ones with like three rows across. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I never seen anything like that. And I was wondering how could how could this this thing fly off the ground? It's like a whole uh, Empire State Building, and it still takes up took off. I was so amazed by that, you know. And then uh, took a long time, and then we landed in LA. Uh, my my friend came and picked me up with another teammate of ours. And, um, and of course it, it was, it was an eye opening for me, um, culture, culture shock in, in all angles, you know, the food, the environment, everybody, people are nice and, uh, you know, everything is just so different from where I came from. So, yeah. You're on the track and field team. You win four NAIA track and field uh, titles and then the thought of playing American football you'd never played before uh, I think you didn't even play till you were 23 years old what yeah. was that day when you decided ah, I'm gonna go play football well when I did, it's kind of it's kind of like a, it's kind of a Bo Jackson thing like yeah I'm 23 yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just go play in the NFL <laughs> Well, the difference is that Bo Jackson grew up in this country, so he knew what football was. Right. At least he played maybe when he was young. And uh, I never saw the game at all. And, you know, the first time a friend of mine, my friend took me to go watch the school football team play. 
And we got there. I, I thought he was talking about playing soccer because we call soccer football back home. <laughs> right. He says to me, let's, he says to me, let's go and watch a football game. I said, sure. I was excited, actually, because soccer was my thing. <laughs> we got out to the field. Yeah, we got we got out to the football football field, and these guys were were running out, and I I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And he told me, he said it's American football. I said, but they're huge. He says, no, 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 they have pads on. You know, they're not they're not that big. They just put pads on, so it makes them look big, and pads are for protection. I said, protection for what? He says, just watch the game or just watch it. After they warmed up, you know, um, the game started, and the game doesn't go like soccer. Soccer will just keep going, you know. Um, they will hit each other, run into each other, and the whistle will blow, and it stops. And then they, 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 they got together. The other side will be talking to each other, and the other side will be talking to each other. I said, what is this? This is crazy. Let's get out of here. And we left. Because I didn't understand it, and it was boring to me. I never watched a football game until 1984 when I decided I'm going to play it. You know, that's when I um, actually started watching to, to know what's going on. I mean, that's to me, I mean, it's it's a one in a million story. There's not too many stories like that. I mean, you get into your your early adulthood and you just decide to play. But I but I guess it makes sense. Your size and your speed. You're in America. You know, the the track and field for you. You don't make the team. And it's like, what am I going to do? I'm athletic. What am I going to do? It probably looking at you at that time. You go, well, that's a football player right there. So how does that go? Like, all right, I'm going to play football. Uh, did you go to the coach? Did you go for a tryout? How does that happen? Because no one's ever seen you play football before. I know. Well, before then, uh, because I looked for like a football player walking around the, the campus. You know, I was big. I looked strong. I was. I loved to walk out. So uh, my friends have been talking to me about playing football. They asked me, they said, you need, you need to go and, and play football. I said, no, I, I, I don't know what football was. I never, you know, seen it before. So I can't, I can't just blindly walk into it. And, um, but when I did decide to play, I uh, walked into uh, the football coach's office and I told him, I said, coach, I like to play football. What can I do? He looked at me and said, okay, uh, what position would you like to play? Of course, I didn't know anything about the game. So I told him, I said, I don't know. But last night I was watching the news and I saw uh, a highlight, a, a player that reversed the field and ran a long way and scored a touchdown. I said, what position was that? He said, oh, that's a running back position. That was Marcus Allen. You know, I said, well, that's what I want to play. He said, are you sure? I said, yes, I want to be a running back. He said, okay. He didn't try to talk me out of it. He just allowed me to come out to practice, and my friends helped me dress up. And, and then um, <laughs> that was this, it. This is I like got, a movie. I, got, I know. I got thrown into the wolves, you know. <laughs> wow. So you get out, and, yeah. and now you, all of a sudden you're at the college level. So at the very beginning, was it like – 
<laughs> right telling you how to hold the football, how to how to get the how to get the handoff from the quarterback. What's your early impression in those in those early days of practicing for the, like putting the uni on? I mean, it reminds me uh, when I played pee wee football. You know, I was twelve years old, and and I played soccer too. I was a soccer player when I was a little kid. My buddies convinced okay. me to play football, so I put on the uniform, and. Yeah, I just figured, well, I'm athletic. I could probably play. But that first contact where I've never had it before, it was like it was different. Like I had to get used to it. And my buddies that had yeah. been playing for a few years, they're like, no, come on, you got to do this. And they were giving me pointers to try to, you know, I got the hang of it after a while. But, but you know, that's me starting with the 12-year-olds. You're starting with these grown men at, at that obviously are at the college level. Yeah, it's, uh, it was very, very strange, you know, very strange because I had never done anything like that before. And to play a game, a contact sport like that, um, <laughs> I tell you what, I, um, I would say every other day I went to my track coach and said, Coach, I don't want to do this anymore. And he, he kept talking me back into it. He told me, he says, Christian, they told me you're learning fast, you're doing well. Just give it another week. Just give it another. Every time I go to him, he says, "Just give it another week." You know. So until the season was over, second season started, and um, I didn't want to go. He says, "Christian, you learned so much last season. You have to go back and see what you can do." And of course, I went back. I listened. I went back, and uh, I learned more. But still, I never liked the game better than I did the year before. You know, um, the contact part of it, you know, going home with soreness, shoulder, very sore, my legs, and, you know, all the contacts in practice was so crazy. But I saw through it because my friends were encouraging me and my coaches were. Went through my second uh, year, I, um, I graduated. And uh, some one scout came in one time, said he heard about me, read about me in, in the newspaper. He wants to he wants to see me. And so we talked a long time, and I can't remember where he came from. Um, he says if you want to, you should go back and play your third year, so that um, you can gain more experience. Um, I I spoke to my uh, college coach about it and. He said, yeah, that's a good idea because if you go back, you might gain more experience and uh, maybe get into the pros. And that kind of, you know, got my attention that I can play in the pros, maybe. So I, I, I agreed and uh, went back for my third year. And uh, that third year made a big difference. I ended up uh, being invited to the uh, Sino Bowl after that. And um, and the rest is history. And you scored four touchdowns in the Senior Bowl. Is that accurate? My man, you did your homework. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I the the story was, and I'm thinking, did he go to the combine? I don't think you went to the combine, but I, I know did. you you, you got went. a late you were a late entry to the Senior Bowl. You go to the Senior Bowl, you score four <laughs> touchdowns, and the next thing you know, it's draft day. And you're the second round pick of the Chiefs. At that point, when you're sitting there, because the NFL, you know, baseball's catching up now. The NBA draft is big now. But back in those days, 
the NFL draft, that was that was prime time. And that's what all the fans around the country, they wait for. It's a big day. As you know, you went through it. But when you got that yep. call, you're going to the Chiefs. Did did you have a minute where you went? I just I just came over from Nigeria to throw the discus and try to be an Olympic athlete. And next thing I know, I'm going to the NFL. That had to be pretty pretty darn awesome. It was. It was. You know, <clears throat> um, I tell you, just going to the Sino Bowl was. Uh, <sighs> It, the the Sino Bowl was complete. It was ready to go. And then one of the running backs pulled out. So they called my college and said, uh, uh, my college, first of all, we're calling all these bowl games, trying to get me in it. Uh, nobody wanted to accept me because I played in a very small school and um, no interest whatsoever. But when, uh, when that particular player pulled out, um, they called my school and said, is Christian still interested in playing? This is like a few days before practice started for the senior ball. I said, sure, I want to go. So I went. And when I got there, I sprained my ankle the first, very first day. You know, spraining your ankle means they're going to send you home and get another replacement, you know. Right. Uh, but they didn't do that. They didn't send me back. And Coach Shula was was the coach. Him, him and the and the staff were coaching my side. <clears throat> and I asked him. I said, Coach, uh, uh, I thought maybe I was going to go home. Send me home. He said, No, no, no. You know, people want to see you. They want to play you. They want you to play. So we're going to do everything we can to see if you can play in the game. People are interested. He says uh, they put your stats. In the newspaper before you got here, they talked about you, and everybody's interested. So let's uh, let's see what we can do. So I said, okay. I limped around during the practice throughout the week, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get my things done, learn the plays. And in the game, I scored four touchdowns. To my surprise, to everybody's surprise, you know, and. Uh, Everybody started coming to my school after the Sino Bowl to try me out, including the Chiefs. Do you think if – all right, let's say that guy doesn't pull out and you never go to the Senior Bowl. You think your your path is completely different? How much – how important do you think that Senior Bowl and you scoring four touchdowns was for, for your future? Oh, that's very, very important. If, uh, if I didn't go to the Senior Bowl, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have played football at all. I wouldn't have played in the NFL. You know, I would have, you know, continued with my schooling, finished and became a teacher and a coach somewhere. And uh, isn't that continued. isn't it amazing how how lives are changed by little tiny things and you don't even know it? I mean, it's pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, yes, you know. I mean, um, small things can just uh, deviate your course and uh, you. Uh, Stepping into a different world, and uh, for me, that happened for me, you know. And um, if it wasn't for people around me supporting me and and um, encouraging me, shoot, I wouldn't have been a football player. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Wow, that, that, that is really, that's really a cool story. All right, then we, we're going to come to the nickname, the Nigerian Nightmare. I think a, a gentleman by the name of Eatman gave it to you. When is the first time yes. he said, is that, is that all right to call you that? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. He actually started calling me in Nigerian Nightmare in practice, you know, because of the way I practiced. I didn't slow down at all. Um, so when doing film session, he'll be, he'll be, you know, calling me Nigerian Nightmare, like, hey, watch out for the Nightmare. Here he comes, you know, something like that. And, uh, and the name kind of stuck, and uh, it was made popular when, uh, ESPN came to Kansas City to interview, you know, just do a short story about me. And they interviewed some of my teammates and they all, they, they were all calling me Nigerian Nightmare. So that kind of got picked up by the ESPN. And I think it's pretty cool too. I mean, anybody that hangs a nickname on you and a Nigerian Nightmare, that, that that's, for me, I would take that from a fan standpoint as kind of a compliment, like, this guy's bad. He's a, he's badass on the field. Get out of his way. So I think you, you probably were thinking, yeah, that's a pretty cool. If I'm going to have a nickname, it's it's kind of pretty cool. Oh, definitely. I took it. I mean, it's a it's a it's a compliment, like you said, and, right? Um, you know, because of the way I played the game, and um, it, it got stuck, and um, you know, I don't mind it at all. 87, your rookie year, you rushed for 660 yards. And they said, they said, well, and, and you proved to at the pro level that you could catch the ball as well. Um, you'd played at NAIA, played at the college level, you played in the senior bowl. Was it a big, was it as big a step uh, to the NFL or, or was it something you just kind of, kind of simulated into? It's like, uh, it's like uh, somebody that is playing uh, Pop One and they jump into a Division One school. You know, um, it was a big, big jump for me uh, coming from a school that, uh, um, you know, virtually no playbook to going to Senior Bowl and then NFL with a playbook as big as the Bible. And you have to learn everything. You have to know what you're doing when the quarterback calls the play. You know, so the first thing I did was to make sure that I know my place. Know, make sure I know exactly where to be every time the play is called. Um, and my coaches back home kind of encouraged me, you know, to do that. To know where I'm supposed to be. If I do that, then everything else will be easier. So that's what I did, and uh, it was a huge, huge jump, like you said. Yeah, because my, you know, my experience obviously is in in the baseball arena. I played at USC, you know, which is high level Division One. Then I, you know, baseball. Like, I, I'm always amazed by football because it's like there's no minor leagues for football. If you're not good enough, go get a job because your next exactly. your next levels your yep. next levels. Uh, NFL. It's not going to A ball and double A and learning the game. <laughs> but I remember, yeah. you know, being in triple A and kind of tearing it up and getting called to the big leagues. And, you know, I, I, I shot through the minor leagues really quick and, you know, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I got to the big leagues. I remember 
And my first at bat, mm-hmm. I can come up and I smoke a ball to center field, drive in a run. And I'm standing at first base and I'm thinking, this is going to be easy. It's no big deal. The big leagues. A couple months later, you know, when I first got up there, I got a lot of humble pie in my first couple months in the big leagues. The game was so much faster and, and everybody was better. You know, in the, in the minor leagues, you, you have one guy in the other team that you look at and go, hey, that, that guy's a really good player. Well, in the big leagues, there's nine really good players. And uh, it, it's definitely a learning experience. Like, like for you in the NFL, you all of a sudden now you've got this playbook that you're not used to having. You got to – so – so the challenges are different, but they're similar. I know the game in the NFL is a lot faster than it is in the college game. Yeah. If it was, if it wasn't, a lot more college players could play there. Um, but yeah, oh, it's interesting to me when we contrast the sports. Yeah, yeah, no, it was everything about it was different. You know, the speed was different. Um, the guys were much bigger and stronger than those folks that I played with or against in college. Um, so yes, and of course, practices were <laughs> much different, yeah. and um, and when they hit you, it hurt more, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, you're right. Everything was different, but I had to mentally prepare for it, you know. Um, and again, if it wasn't for my friends and my teammates, even in Kansas City, my teammates in Kansas City, knowing that I didn't play football very long, um, they were, you know, accommodating. They were helping me out, teaching me some things. And when I run, ran up and down the field straight, straight up, they would tell me, you know, lower your shoulders, you know, uh, defend yourself with your shoulder pads and so on. So, yeah, they helped me a great deal. Everybody did. 88. Yeah, you got you had some injuries and you only you were limited to nine games. You rushed for 473 yards. 89. Big year for you. You're an all pro. You lead the league in rushing. You're offensive player of the year. You go to the Pro Bowl. Marty Schottenheimer's your coach. How was that yeah. year different? And and was there a point when you kind of, you know, looked around and said, okay. Now I'm, I'm I'm one of the best in the game. Was there that point, or was it just a slow transition? It was a slow transition. You know, uh, first of all, when Marty came in '89, um, he called me during the offseason. He called me and he asked me if I if I can come to Kansas City because uh, he wants to talk to me. Um, I said sure, and uh, of course, before he called me, learning that uh, we got a new coach and. Um, Having watched him and Cleveland the year before, I knew he was a good coach, much better coach than what we had. And um, so when I got to Kansas City, he looked me over and he says, um, the reason why I wanted to fly in town is because I want to see you. And then I want to let you know that we plan to run the ball a lot this year. And he wants to ask me, if um, if I would be ready for it. And I told him, Coach, I don't know much about football. Running the ball is the only thing that I feel comfortable about doing. So, yes, I am ready for it. And he told me, he said, that's all I wanted to hear. And the meeting was over in three minutes. Very cool. Schottenheimer, obviously uh, legendary coach. 
1990, you rushed for 805, and then 91, you're an all-pro again, you rush, rush for over 1,000 yards. And I want to know if this story is true, because we recently had Brett Favre on the program. He told me a funny story. He said, he said, Booney, I was about, I forget how many years he was in the NFL at this time. He was probably eight or nine years, and he said he was sitting in on a meeting, and they were talking yeah. about the nickel, nickel defense and the dime defense. And he's a veteran. I, th- I think he's won an MVP at this point. And they're going over the nickel and the dime. And he goes to his – I forget who the backup quarterback was at the time. And he said, I'll tell you what. All this talk in these in these meetings, I have no idea. But what the hell's a nickel defense? And what the hell's a dime defense? And what's the difference? And he said the backup quarterback <laughs> – he goes, the backup quarterback didn't believe me. Thought I was kidding. He goes, because I didn't care. I was just a crazy guy running around, throwing the football, trying to score. And, uh, you know, that blew them away. I heard a story about you. So so what's the 3-4 versus the 4-3? Is there any truth to that? 3-4-4-3. Yeah, you know, <laughs> as a running back, um, I, that's all I needed to know is 3-4 and 4-3, uh, the front seven. Um, I needed to know that because I was an inside runner, meaning that uh, I ran between tackles. So I had to pay very good attention to the front seven. But the only thing is that when I played, because of the offense that we played in, and I ran the ball and ran it a lot, um, I didn't get the front seven. I got front nine and front ten. You know, people were bunched up in the line of scrimmage um, trying to stop the run against us. But Marty used to say, Christian, I don't care what the other side is thinking about us. They know we're going to run the ball, and we're going to run it, and we're going to be successful. And we did. We ran it, and we were successful at it. You know, you said when you came over the States and you were big, you know, you loved to train in the gym, and you got up to about 280 pounds when you were throwing the discus and the hammer. What, what did you play? What was your weight? What did you play, uh, play at as a running back? Uh, 265. Okay. So a little smaller, still yeah. big, <laughs> big and imposing. Yeah. You know, not yeah, 280, too. not, not, not at your biggest you had been. No, no, not, uh, not 280. 280 was when I, you know, I was in track and field. I lifted weights, you know, like I, I lived in the gym in track and right. field. I lifted all the time, you know, because lifting weights will help you throw the shot to the discus and, um, and it did, it helped me. So I packed on the weight, and I was very, very strong. Um, I was squatting 750 pounds um, in squats and uh, power cleaning, you know, not very heavy, about four or five, working out with it. So I um, I, I lived in the gym. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and then you know reading reading more about you you know because it's such an interesting story ninety two, I, I, and I guess throughout your career although it was a very impactful uh, career it was short because it seemed like you always had some nagging injuries in nineteen ninety two, uh, it said you were used mostly for for goal line situations, um, what do you think attributed to those injuries was it was it the late start was it uh, I don't know. 
That's what, no, that's it's, what um, it's, I think. It, I think it's just football. You know, it's just football yeah. because, uh, and of course, if you run the ball as many times as I, as I ran it, there's bound to be injuries. You know, um, when you run the ball, when you run the ball a lot of times, over thirty times a game, um, you're gonna get injured somehow. And of course, when you're big, a big back. The first guy hits you and you don't go down. Then all that little guys will t- start taking shots at you. And during that process, you're going to get some, you know, bumps and bruises and, uh, you know, broken bones once in a while. And I got a lot of those. 93, Chiefs place you on the injured reserve. You had both knees. You had surgery on both knees. Um, and going into those surgeries, was your thought – I'm not going to play anymore, or are you thinking, no, I'm going to get this surgery, clean it up, rehab, and I'm going to go back and play more football? Oh, no, no, no. My mind was just get out of the game, you know, because I've, I've played at that time, I've played in the game longer than I, I prepared to, you know, um, because my first contract, I told myself, I'm going to play my first contract and I'm going to retire. That should be enough to help my family, and then I'll go get a job as a teacher. And then that'll be it. But um, after my third year, they offered me a new contract because I led the league in Russia. Um, and I took it. It's an opportunity to make even more money. And I did. So I signed that second contract. And that was the only two contracts I had in, in, in my career. Retired after the 93 C, just short of 4,900 yards and 40 touchdowns. Um, this is this is really interesting to me. I was reading about you, and I'm, and I'm going, wait a minute. He, had, he invested into an independent baseball league, the Golden Baseball <laughs> League. Now, Dad, tell me where that came from. And by the way, could you play baseball? Uh, no, man. I'll I tell you what, I wish I had tried. In college, I wish I had tried because later on, I, I started being interested into uh, in baseball because I, I I I'm friends with baseball players from my old school to um, when I played at Chiefs and Bo Jackson was playing for the Royals, you right. know. So we often go and watch him practice and stuff, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, and lately being friends with Pujols. I mean, I wish I had tried to learn baseball and played a little bit, but I didn't. Oh, I forgot. When I, could you came played to the- I, could, I could have played uh, maybe 10 more years or something. <laughs> well, you'd be, you'd be, you know, the biggest the biggest man I've ever seen play is playing right now, Aaron Judge. He's 6'7", 280. And I've never thought I'd see a baseball player that big, especially a uh, a position player. Mm-hmm. And I forgot you came in. You came to the Chiefs in '87. Shoot, my dad was playing for the Royals when you were a rookie in the NFL. Right across, right across the way, those stadiums, you know, were right next to each other. Um, that's oh, really cool. I, that just came to me. My dad played. Uh, no, no, not 87. I think it was 88, 88, 89. He was the catcher for the Royals. And that was right in, wow. in your days starting with the Chiefs. Yeah, that's that's wow. uh, that just okay. that just came to me right now. 
But okay, uh, did you? So you get into this golden baseball, this golden baseball league. So did you know all about baseball? Like you could sit sit at a game and and talk to me about everything. Go, oh yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, and talk the no. game, or were you, or were you just learning? No, I was just learning, and it was just uh, offered to me uh, the opportunity at the time, so I took it. You know, another uh, a football player came to me and said, "Hey." You know, somebody w- wants to ask ask you if you're interested in uh, joining this group. Um, I said sure. So I uh, I joined the group for a long time. But uh, that's that's just it. You know, it was a suggestion. Pros versus Joes. How was that? Because I watched it, it for awful. years, I, th- I thought it w- I thought it was interesting, but I'm thinking it was in- what are they- it was interesting, but I um, I got into it and it wasn't really. Um, this was where after I retired from football and I was going through some injuries that I didn't know the extent of it. I, I didn't know how bad the injury was, and uh, and that is. Um, uh, um, I let on the year after I did that versus Joe's, I had a big surgery on my neck. I had a laminectomy, if you know what that is. And um, that's where they put uh, two titanium rods in my spine and um, secured it with uh, 16 screws. But um, my, my spinal column was just squeezing the crap out of my um, spinal cord. So I was having some weaknesses on my legs and arms. Um, but when they asked me to do, do that, I, I figured, yeah, I'll do it. And I did it, you know, didn't get injured, but afterwards I told myself, man, I shouldn't have done it when they told me how bad my injuries were. Right. And plus you got to deal with the Joes. <laughs> these kids are like yeah. high school kids running around trying to compete with you. And you're going, Hey man, I'm retired, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta do it for the show. Um, I know. 2000 big year. Uh, you get the call from Kansas city. They're going to put you into their hall of fame. Um, how'd that feel for you? You got that phone call. It was, a, it was an honor. I mean, um, uh, when uh, Lamar Hunt called me and told me that uh, he's picking me to join the Ring of Fame and Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. I was very happy. I was very happy. That that means that I actually, uh, you know, did something, you know. And uh, I never thought I was going to be in that position, but, you know, I got put in it. And um, I was very, very happy and thankful that, uh, you know, I was blessed enough to, to, to uh, attend that. The Nigerian nightmare. Now there's another guy running around as, or, or I don't know if he's still a UFC guy, Kamaro Usman, or is it Usman? And did you allow him to take, did you allow him to have your nickname? Well, yeah, they call him Nigerian nightmare. Um, Maybe before he found out that I owned the name, but I don't mind him. I mind, I don't mind him being called that. You know, but when he starts making money off of it, then I'm gonna have to uh, tell him to give me a cut because you I need a perc- you need a percentage. Yeah, you need a percentage. Yeah, 
um, young kid comes up to Christian Okoye these days, ask for, ask for some advice. What do you give him? I'll tell him hard work is everything. You know, I had to work with every, work for everything that I got. You know, coming from Nigeria, nothing was handed to me. I had to work for it. So if you work hard, you will reap the benefits. Extremely important. Very cool. Christian Okoye, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. What a story. Uh, awesome story. Really cool, inspiring. And uh, it was an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for doing this. And as we do each and every Boone podcast, at the end of the Boone podcast, we kick it back to the voice, Dan Levy. Dan? That's going to do it for the Brett Boone Podcast. My name is Dan Levy, the technical director, producer, voice of the Boone Podcast. EP, executive producer, Rich Herrera, digital. All gets uploaded by Liz Landry. Do us a favor, share the Boone Podcast. Neighbors and friends and all those that love sports, make sure you subscribe. Never miss an episode. And while you're at it, give us a five-star rating and share your feelings about the podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show. For all of us here on the Boone Podcast, he is Brett Boone. You can find him on social media at the Boone 29 I'm Dan Levy, B-A-S-S on air. That is base on air, all of my social medias. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again soon. Have a great one. <laughs>